aka Patterns. Here we go. Welcome to episode 471, a galactic supernova episode featuring Pixar's Lightyear, the film that uh, tore up the internet. A lot of people talked about this movie. Uh, but I'm your host, Peter A. DeLuca, a.k.a. Pat, another known as the pop culture pope, sometimes the world sketchbook champion, all the time, the creator of Uzi Susie and Trial by Fire. Had a little pause there, but yeah. So here, here's the thing. This movie dropped on Disney Plus just hours ago. I stayed up. I watched it. I crashed out for a little. I watched it a little bit more. Had a giant, giant. Like, we are out, outage, if you know networking, you know, the the network dreaded word, outage. I had to pop in, do that, came back, watched more of Lightyear, took a shower, <laughs> geared up to go back to the office, and before I re-enter my workspace, I'm talking to you, because guess what? This movie, this movie got a raw deal, and I kind of knew somewhat on uh, early on when it comes to the uh, blog sphere, the conversation sphere, just the flow of the internet. And what was the controversy? Well, a couple of things came out, okay? Very early on, it was that Lightyear was going to have a gay scene, and, and it would involve Buzz. And then they switched it to another character. Now, keep in mind, these quote-unquote gay scenes, LBGTQ scenes, are as rich and fulfilling as uh, something we would see in the internals, meaning they're empty and they're meaningless and they're just there to appease maybe somebody, period. They're not even there to drive box office because the scenes in these characters, just like in the Eternals, isn't even a focal point of number one, the plot, number two, anything cool, and number three, it's not in your face and it's not preachy. Now, with that being said, do I agree with a lot of it? Do I agree with most of it? I do not. I feel like these elements should be organically integrated into the story. I mean, it's better overall when they're done that way. And guess what? If some of these ideas fail, not practices, but ideas, let them fail and let the market correct it. And then come back and make something else, make another movie and get better with it. So, but the conversation around Lightyear killed Lightyear. Now, my issue with Lightyear has to do with, and you guys know this is coming, the evil time travel story, the laziest approach a person can take when they sit down to write a story. Multiverse equals lazy. Time travel equals more lazy. This is a time travel skipping movie and it's just there it's just there now that doesn't mean it's not thought out because it is it doesn't mean that it's not good because it is it doesn't mean it's not entertaining okay the the, the time travel logic is equal to back to the future part two it's that's what i mean by when i say it's there it's just like a uh and we're moving on okay now we have a plot twist. Zurg, Z-U-R-G. He's the villain that was introduced in Toy Story 2. He introduced in a gotcha video game scene that the little dinosaur and the pig were playing when Toy Story 2 opened. Zurg is the nemesis, the Joker, the Green Goblin. 
the <laughs> the Oswald to Buzz Lightyear, and the gotcha is Zerg is just a Buzz Lightyear from an alternate future. So, yeah, uh, I think that kind of killed a lot of it because people would want to see a another depiction of Zerg. I think that is a draw when it comes to this movie. And we kind of knew it. Yeah, there was one figure, merchandise-wise. So essentially what happens is when the hero is facing himself from the future, we have to be, it's, it's all plot at that point. We have to have these characters do amazing and interesting things. And along the way, Great action sequences, meaning just the beats and the way that they're figured out, it's there. But we don't feel the stakes. It's not in our guts. Uh, we're not carry. We don't feel like we're carrying ourselves with the movie. Now, this movie has multiple people involved with the story, multiple people involved with the screenplay, and the overall Pixar process and the way how they develop a movie. It's very interesting. Because they, they market test, uh, they peer test, peer review the movie along the way during all the stages. So they whittle down to what works. Here's the crazy thing. The most woke of everything woke today, Turning Red, is my absolute most favorite Pixar movie since Wally. Now, given I've seen only two other Pixar movies between Wally and Turning Red and this, and that was Inside Out, and that was. Um, the the moment where, where the jazz guy dies. And I wasn't even impressed by either of those. I thought Inside Out was uh, lazy again and contrite and, and um, uh, disingenuous the way how it uh, portrays the, the cure and the paths of mental illness. Yeah, didn't like Inside Out and I didn't like the um, the jazz player one where he uh, he dies. Even though I love the opening of that. Uh, I think the premise is there. I just don't think the execution is and the rest of the movie because it turned into like a Freaky Friday. I'm not watching that. So Lightyear has something. Uh, so to two elephants in the room. Number one, Zerg. Completely um, disappointing. Just, it makes you angry when you think about it. Number two, uh, Lightyear might have some of the best design work on a science fiction level in a fuck of a long time. Where are we with this? Where's my fellow creators, my fellow artists, my fellow designers, my my creative guys? Why are we not on top of the design work? Even though I've seen a couple of tweets, I've seen a couple of Facebook posts about it, but wh- where? how come this isn't championed? The design work. I mean, we're going back to Mobius influences here with some of this stuff. We have some of the best designed ships outside of the original Star Wars trilogy. What are we doing? They designed spaceships for this movie better than within the Star Wars new trilogy. Better than Star Wars the prequel trilogy. The hell are we doing? Uh, I am all for doing a review of the art of Lightyear. So let's get back to this this big scene. I'm not going to like go into character details, but Lightyear, someone has a mentor. The mentor is stranded. Lightyear is trying to solve a problem, and he's skipping every 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and this woman ages. So between Buzz Lightyear coming in and out of this problem-solving, Lightyear time-skipping solution of our plot, we see this woman 
fall in love, get engaged, she gets pregnant, she has a child, and her grandchild is Buzz Lightyear's somewhat equal slash sidekick, uh, show me the ropes type character. It all works. The droids in this are freaking awesome. There's a freaking cat that steals the show. Socks. It's a robot cat. Works as good as anything. But then we have a couple other uh, like sidekicks, survivors from the original time zone or time stream. Those characters, the other space rangers, should not be there. They should have been they're just not there. I, I just don't like them. They're okay. They're okay. A couple payoffs for both of them by the end of the movie. But they're fine. They're fine. They're okay. They're just not there. Now, uh, we have an amazing looking movie. We have a movie that does move. We have a movie where we can follow the consequences scene to scene. That means we are carrying ourselves with this movie. There's no point in this movie that we don't know where we are. I say this a lot. Okay, this that's good directing, that's good storytelling. That's what I mean by this movie's there. What's not there, it's the idea. It doesn't connect because we have to believe. <laughs> Here we go, right? We have to believe that Andy, because they set this up, not us. We have to believe that Andy, the kid that's mostly off screen in the original Toy Story, he sees this movie and he wants it. He wants the Lightyear figure. He buys it on the way home. And then Woody is superseded. There we go. This movie doesn't feel like that. Now, they got close in the last like five minutes when we're actually in the Buzz Lightyear uniform, space outfit, the gear. Uh, it does bring in a little bit of those feels. But we don't get the light year that we want, nor do we get a characterization of the light year we want as he is seen in Toy Story. Now, given he has an arc, but they tr they do try. It's just not there. He's not rigid enough. It's just hard to believe that Andy would watch this movie. Now, logically speaking, production speaking, and quality speaking, I do believe this is a movie of quality from the 90s. I, you know, this goes hand to hand with Armageddon, Chain Reaction, Independence Day. So if Andy, it fits, it does fit on that tone. And that's where a lot of the conversation about this movie, it's meta and it's confusing. And then we deal with time travel and believe it or not, the plot itself and what happens in the movies equally meta and confusing. But I do recommend this movie because it's, it's, the, it's a good brain dump. It's good. It's a good adventure. They're moving on to the next adventure. I, I said the same thing about Thor Love and Thunder. I think there's a strength in that. But this movie needed to be more, and it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it needed to be. And that's that's it. That's like your... Oh, by the way, it did make back the budget on the box office. Not exactly a box office bomb. When it comes to promotion, uh, you can't turn anything on today without knowing Lightyear is dropping on Disney+. Plus. So they're probably jumping subscribers right now. I've said this was going to happen. So here we go. Everyone, I love you. Rock and roll. We're going into Predator territory. Episode 472. I'm going to explain to you why Predator is better than Star Wars, why it's better than Alien, why Predator is the sci-fi movie. 
and mostly it's what this movie tries to do is how you feel by the end of the movie that's a little teaser i love you rock and roll